What's up? This is Alex from Hello Humanities. Today on the pod, we are talking with Melina Drazian and Ruby Kirshner, two former students. We're going to talk about their experiences so far in the first half of the school year up in Portland with Ruby, down in LA with Melina. So stick around. Lots to come today on Hello Humanities. Welcome back to Hello Humanities. I am so lucky to have two wonderful former students with me today, Melina Drazian and Ruby Kirshner. Ladies, thank you so much for coming on the show to, to talk today. I'm so excited to be here and hear from Ruby. I already know a lot about her, but just <laughs> hear from everyone and reunite. Yeah, I'm excited. Good to catch up. It's been a while, so I think it'll be fun. Melina, I want to start with you, and then Ruby, you can kind of jump in after Melina. How would you describe your first semester so far? Obviously, both of you are away from home, out of the Bay Area. And so, Melina, you're at UCLA. How would you describe your sort of first semester and change so far? How's it going? It's definitely been a huge journey for me. It's been a lot of growth personally, and there's been many ups and downs. I would say the first quarter was incredible, just being away from home for the first time and experiencing everything. And what I personally love about UCLA is it's such a huge campus with millions of opportunities, extracurriculars and clubs that you can just immerse yourself into. So there is really no limit to what you can do and what you're passionate about. And I just think it's been a really great learning journey for myself personally as I have experienced a lot of ups and downs specifically coming to such a big school no one has really held my hand I don't know any of my professors personally my average class has about 500 students in it I'm feel like I'm drowning a lot of the time but it's honestly like a really hard pill to swallow has been appreciating being alone and being comfortable with myself and being comfortable with asking for help because resources here there are many but you have to seek them out for yourself so learning how to do that and how to push yourself and reach out i so appreciate the the honesty of that answer melina and i think it's a great way to describe kind of a, a big school and the experience of being a student at a big school ruby i'm curious as a student at lewis and clark Kind of same question. How's it been? And what has the experience taught you so far? Yeah, so I think um, pretty similar to Melina. My first semester was a lot of fun, but it was definitely super different um, being in a whole different state than my family. Um, it was a super big adjustment. I think the first couple weeks, um, I was pretty sad. I was sad to be away from home and sad to be away from my friends, also partly because I left pretty much a month earlier than the rest of my friends. Um, so it was hard like being away from them um, a lot earlier. Um, but I think I learned a lot about myself academically. I think the the different classes and different schedule um, really allowed me to learn what my study habits were and what worked for me, um, which I think um, in high school I didn't get to do as much. Um, but yeah, so I think I've definitely learned how to study a lot better, but I've let, met a lot of great people. And I think it was just, it's been a really big adjustment, but I really like it here. And um, I'm glad I chose it. And yeah, I think it was a cool, cool experience, definitely first semester, but super different, but 
I'm glad it happened. So, yeah. Wonderful. So I want to ask something, Melina, that you brought up, but I actually want to pose it to Ruby, is this idea of sort of on-campus opportunities, avenues to take and things like that. As a, as a student athlete on your campus, do you have time to sort of join groups or clubs or sort of explore some of those things? Or is, is much of your time really spent prepping, playing volleyball uh, at Lewis and Clark? Yeah, so my balance is definitely difficult. Um, so far, I have spent a lot of time with just volleyball and just academics, but usually like my nights, especially during the week, I'll just be like studying and hanging out with friends. Um, and that gives me a good like brain break and time to decompress from the day. But yeah, my day starts pretty early, usually lift at 7.30 every morning. Um, and then I have practice later in the day. And in between that, I'm studying and going to classes. So as far as like joining clubs and things like that, I haven't joined clubs just because I haven't had time to, but I have joined golf class <laughs> because it gives me a break from the day. So Tuesday, Thursday, I'll be golfing a little bit <laughs> and it's been really fun. Um, I've met a lot of great people through that too. So yeah, I've joined golf class next year. I'm looking to join the student athlete um, advisory committee, which is uh, like the connection between student athletes and the academic side of the college. And that just has a lot of involvement. So I'll look to join that. We have representatives for each team. Um, but yeah, pretty much volleyball does consume a lot of my day and a lot of free time, but I'm grateful to be a part of it because a lot of great people. It's super fun what I love to do. So Wonderful. And Melina, what about you in terms of this huge campus? What are some of the opportunities that you've been able to, to jump into? So it was pretty daunting. Actually, the first week we got here, there was this thing called the EAF, the Enormous Activities Fair. And by enormous, I meant it's enormous. Um, they were not exaggerating at all. There was probably 2,000 plus organizations all lined up. I was so frazzled. It was so overwhelming. But I think I probably got over because any sign that said pre-med, I just ran to and it was <laughs> hilarious. I just like I was with one of my friends who's also pre-med. And anytime we saw pre-med, we were just running and running and we didn't even look at what the club was about. We just like grabbed the flyers. And what I have to say about that is like, especially at such a huge school that has all these opportunities, I think what I learned is it's best to maybe pause about getting involved in all these organizations and take a step back and take that first quarter since I'm on the quarter system to just discover yourself academically in college because it is significantly different than high school and also just learn the pace of the quarter system since it's just so, so fast. And so now I feel like I'm having the opportunity to kind of go back and pick through all those 20 plus flyers that I picked up and I was able to join a few organizations. I'm currently involved in AMWA, which is the American Medical Women's Association. So we just have weekly meetings and we work to improve women in medicine and women's health. And we have different like fundraising things. And then I also just joined INI, which is the, um, I think it's called the initiative of the Institute for Neuroscience Initiative. And we have different case studies. So I'm on the neurosurgery case committee where we research different neurosurgeries and see how they can be improved in the future. And then I also just got an opportunity to be a care extender at UCLA Health, where I volunteer in the orthopedics department and 
have that patient to patient experience and can do rounds with nurses. But I do have to say it was a lot hard to get. It wasn't as easy as I thought to pick up these opportunities and it honestly added a lot to my plate. And it's also to me the biggest challenge about the big aspect of a public school is just the fact that so many people here are so high achieving and it's mm. very, very inspiring to be around. But at the same time, my imposter syndrome has never been higher. I feel like everybody is involved in something and I'm doing hardly anything. And so I think you just have to push yourself away from that and just focus on yourself and stop comparing because if you can do that, then you can really get more comfortable with what you actually want to do and put your time into clubs and organizations that you're actually passionate about, not just to check off another box for your resume. I can only imagine how intensely intimidating that must be. And to hear you, of all people, say that you're not doing enough or that you feel sort of imposter syndrome-y uh, is, is obviously a, a testament to how much of a of a real adjustment it is because I mean, I can't think of anyone who is more brilliant and capable of all of those things than Melina Drazian. And so I, I'm, I'm, I so appreciate your honesty in that experience. And, and um, I'm glad that you're finding sort of your way through it, despite maybe some of those initial struggles and challenges. I want to ask Ruby this question about college sports and how you got into that. You obviously have been playing for a long time. You played in high school when you were here. Um, how do you see yourself continuing that? How do you feel like that's gonna help also going forward with what you wanna do? Yeah, I think volleyball, that is something I've been thinking about a lot recently, how I would continue it after these four years. Cause I know in high school, I was like, oh, I don't know if I wanna play in college, but I think my love for the sport kind of just pushed me through. Um, so I'm excited to have these four years. But I think that volleyball, because it is such a big community, especially in California, um, there are a lot of coaching opportunities, which I've been taking advantage of. I used to coach at my old volleyball club. I did that over winter break. Um, and I love connecting with the kids. It's so much fun. And I think volleyball in general with the coaching and playing gives so much life skills, you're learning social skills, you're learning leadership. Um, so I think there's a lot of aspects to that that I can continue and I really love coaching. So I think I would continue that in the future. Um, and I did pick up golf just because it was another active thing to do. I wanted another hobby. So I've been learning how to do that. Um, and it kind of helps me get my mind off things, take some anger out on a ball, which is like volleyball, it's a hit. Um, but yeah, so I think going forward, like there are some adult leagues and things like that, um, that I can join, but I think coaching may be the biggest thing that I can take forward with volleyball. We have, uh, Lewis and Clark summer camps that, um, prospects come to and younger kids come to, and then also just volleyball clubs around are always looking. There's some in Portland that, uh, I've been asked to coach to as well. So nice. yeah, I think coaching is something I could bring forward. Definitely. You mentioned obviously leaving and being away from friends, but how has it been being in a different state, especially a, a place like Portland? Yeah, being in a different state, I did not expect as big of a change that I faced. I think biggest thing I would say is weather. 
uh, here it rains a lot and it's a lot colder than I expected. We recently probably saw it in the news, but we just had an ice storm. So um, for a week we had snow days and I've never had a snow day coming from California. But um, yeah, the snow day was kind of crazy. I was like stuck in my room and it was mostly like freezing rain pouring onto the cement. So I could not go outside. I could not walk to the dining hall because I would slip and fall. Um, so I'd say weather has probably been the biggest change. Um, I'm not used to 30 degrees every week. But uh, yeah, I think also just being this far from home, I know I'm only like an hour and a half flight away, but uh, it's a big difference and like only getting to call my mom like once a week because I'm so far and it takes a lot of planning to go home even for just Christmas and Thanksgiving a lot of planning a lot of money which is definitely something to think about I'd say uh if anyone's looking to go out of state um money for flights is a big thing so you gotta pick and choose when I get to go home um so I think that's also a really big change that I face. Melina I want to ask you about sort of, you mentioned pre-med, you mentioned sort of already kind of having a sense, at least directly, or to some extent, I guess, indirectly on what you want to do. So my question is, one, was that a difficult thing to come to? Did it, was there a longer process to decide you were interested in pre-med? Or was this something you kind of came in expecting? And how has that, how's that choice been? Have you felt pretty emboldened with working in that field it sounds like you're getting involved not just on campus but off campus too so yeah i've pretty much always been very very passionate about medicine and i know that's regardless of what specific specialty or position i go into i know i want to do something and work directly with patients so it wasn't really that much of a challenge to discover that since i was getting myself involved in different organizations in high school where I kind of developed my passions, but it's definitely very daunting as a pre-med student being in gen chem, bio, gen math classes, and being with all these bright, amazing students who are like valedictorians of their high schools and just everyone talking about like, oh, you need this GPA to get into med school, or I'm starting this research, and oh my god, I'm in this program, and it's just going back to the comparison and like having that security within yourself that everyone's literally on a different path than you. There is not one direct path. I've met with many advisors in terms of my pre-med path. And at first I was very, very reluctant to take a gap year, but now I really want to after college before med school. If I might not even end up at med school, but as of now, I would most likely take one just because it's a very long road ahead. But I think it's just super exciting to be on this path. And I think if you're passionate about something and no matter how long or how hard it is, like you can do it if you put your mind to it. And if you work hard, you can accomplish it. And to other students who think, oh, like so much time, why would you want to be in school for like you can already have a family and have kids. But like if you're really passionate and you want to get into something that you know that you will love for the rest of your life, you should go for it no matter how capable you think you are because anyone is capable if you put the work in. I think as someone who came to my profession later, I totally recognize that idea of having a little perspective. I love, I love that idea of 
if needed, taking a gap year between um, undergrad and, and, and med school, if that's your path. And really being able to take stock and reflect because, I mean, I didn't become a teacher until I was 30. And it's been, this is my 11th year in the classroom and I, I love it. It's so awesome. I love teaching so much. And I think that, I think that is a testament to the idea that I came in later. I think if I had started right after my undergrad, I wonder whether or not I'd be pretty burnt out. And I think the day-to-day -day frustrations of teaching are the day-to-day -day frustrations of any job now for me. And I still recognize the, the, the real value of the job internally, externally. And I, I just love that idea of giving yourself time and not having to rush into these things. We have one life. This is the way to, to really be patient with ourselves and to, to, to take that path, whatever it might be. I'm curious because both of you are sort of speaking to this idea of kind of what the college experience has been like, how your transition has been something you expected or in times didn't expect with the size of the school, with the weather of the community. I'm curious as to something perhaps that you, and Melina, I'll start with you. Is there something that you now know and you mentioned some of this maybe already, but is there something that you now know or at least have a little perspective on as a college student that you wish you would have known as a high school student? Maybe because I was a little too overconfident going into college through like my performance and work ethic in high school. I was like, oh, wow, like I already have built great study habits and extracurriculars I think it won't be a problem just fitting right in but it was a problem I am not getting the grades I used to and that is okay because you have to realize that you're studying like universities are way more challenging in so many aspects than high school and I think I would just tell myself that number one to not compare and also to really value like discovering your own self academically, personally, mentally, because um, dealing with mental health in college is a huge thing. You need to put yourself first. And sometimes like I study for probably six, seven hours a day. And it's just like, did I really take time to prioritize myself, exercise, eat, like sleep and sleep is a huge thing in college. I never have been going to bed this late normally. And I think just focusing on yourself, because if you're not okay mentally and physically, then you're really not going to be okay performing academically and socially here. And I think just really focusing on yourself and making yourself the better person and honestly being your own best friend, because college can feel isolating at sometimes because everyone's kind of doing their own thing. But if you're really comfortable in yourself and your own skin and just hanging out with yourself. It's honestly great. And yeah, I've learned a lot about myself through that. Yeah. To add on to that, I think um, the biggest thing I would take away is you're choosing your own path. And I think doing what you love is going to make you the most successful. Um, I think I came in wanting to study biology because I want to go to nursing school after and in my head biology make the most sense that's what most people did and I realized that after I took my first bio class for semester I was like I really don't like this this isn't for me 
and I decided to switch to psychology and I'm taking my first psych class this semester and I love it. And I think choosing what you love is adding on to what Melina said, going to make you the most happy and going to give you the best chance of succeeding because if you're not doing what you love, then you won't be interested and won't have the passion to keep going. And I think just making decisions for yourself that um, have yourself's best interest in it is super, super important and not comparing yourself to others and what path they're taking. It just, it won't help you in the long run. So I think just putting yourself first, doing what you want to do and however long that takes, I think it's the best for you. So challenging yourself is super important because obviously like with the psych major and wanting to get your prereqs for nursing school, like you're obviously still going to have to take your gen chem classes and your bio classes, but over overall in the long run, this like thinking about your future and whatever, how long that takes you is the most important. Yeah, I completely agree with both of you. I think if, as long as you're doing something that you're passionate about you're gonna be happy and obviously like Ruby was saying for something like pre-med or even pre-law business like the prereqs are not fun I'm not going to lie they are very difficult and it's not your it's your lower divs so they're not your upper divs like your actual major classes so you're coming into college like oh I was gonna study human anatomy but I'm currently like drawing the co2 molecule and it's just not what you're gonna expect but it's all gonna pay off in the long run and i think as long as you know and you trust the process and it's okay to not have the same process as everyone else because everyone is so different then i think you'll be happy on the path that you're on i love that thank you both for that i i think there's a lot of current students who could take a lot from that advice I want to ask one thing before we transition out into any questions you may have for me, which is obviously both of you are noting, just like my last episode, that you tend to gravitate toward, obviously, science. How is it that you feel like the work that you've done in high school, in these classes that are much more around the humanities. This is a hell of humanities. I gotta, I gotta give props to my, to my fellow English and history and social sciences teachers and professors. Both of you were incredibly skilled and successful in AP US history where I taught both of you. And I'm curious, just Melina, maybe we can start with you. Do you feel like there's a way that you took your skills and your mindset and that the humanities classes you took in high school have actually helped shape that success and interest in in your work now. Totally, absolutely, especially in smaller discussion discussion sections. So my discussion sections are only like 20 people. And so I feel like especially I'm taking this GE, which is a year-long class. It's called a cluster that they only offer for first years at UCLA. And it's the brain, body, mind, and society. So we dive into mental illness, philosophy, sociology, and it's really interesting. And I've had to write a lot of papers and put discussion posts and do a lots and lots of reading. And I think like the reading and the annotating and the writing that you're doing in high school, if you really like actually do it and not just 
BS it, it will pay off because those skills are like your skeleton for like the bigger, because I'm reading scholarly articles and I'm struggling to even interpret what it means. But if you build those skills that you're taught in AP Lang, AP Lit, A Push, AP Gov, I think that has definitely helped me. And also just in general for those out there in the MCEL program, the more you reach out to leadership positions and really put yourself out there in class. And I think the public speaking aspect, all of those skills have directly transferred in interviews for clubs here. I feel a lot more confident going into those as well as just speaking up and raising your hand in a huge lecture hall. It's definitely, I take advantage of those opportunities while you can. I totally agree with everything Melina said. I think specifically being at a smaller school, my class sizes are 15 to 25, maybe 30. And you can't be hidden by a bunch of people. You're forced to speak in your discussions and forced to contribute your ideas. And I think um, those Socratic seminars and all of the debates that we do in those um, in APH classes in AP Lang, I think they're super helpful because you know how to contribute your ideas in a meaningful way where others can understand your ideas and build off of them. And I think I also really learned how to ask open-ended questions in the correct way. I think. Um, just like by analyzing readings and um, annotating and things like that. I think I learned how to ask more meaningful and deep questions that can be more thought provoking. And I've definitely used those um, in my general education classes, which everybody will have to take. You always have to take a history. You got to do your language and writing. So I think definitely those skills from those high school, high school classes are super important. Even science students take things from the humanities classes. Thank you both for this. It's been so wonderful. Let me finish with sort of the same open-ended opportunity. You noted open-ended, complicated questions, Ruby. I'm wondering, do either of you have any questions for me? You got me in a public space. Is there anything that you're wondering, or obviously you, now that you've been away from, from our school, uh, anything that you're curious about? Yeah, I can start. Um, I guess since we've been gone, has there been anything that you've been focusing on in your teaching to improve learning for your students and anything you've adapted to over the years? That's an awesome question. I think as I have learned from other great teachers I have been observing or learned from or know, you're always sort of thinking about reassessing yourself. I think sort of to both of your points about the way that you support and think about yourself. Being a teacher is, it's weird because there's a public aspect of it, right? You are in some ways performing, like you're teaching. So you're sort of doing many things at once. You're trying to support skills. You're trying to, especially for my history classes, you're trying to push content, um, as well as just kind of managing and recognizing that you're kind of putting on a, a show. And all of those things are really difficult separately, but together they are, it's really kind of walking a, a, a tightrope. And the great teachers that I know, and everyone knows I'm gonna shout out Tao, they can really do those things, not just with confidence, but also with humility. I think it's really hard as a teacher to look 
yourself in the mirror after a lesson and say that was not good or that could have been better. And I am absolutely guilty of that constantly. But the way that I try to be a better teacher and the way that to your question, I, I try to make things consistently grow in my classroom and in my own practices is by really reflecting and trying to note when I feel stubborn about something, right? Like if I teach something and it didn't go well, it's like, well, the kids just, mm. and it's like, whoa, 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 like maybe there's a reason why there was some struggling. Maybe there's a reason why I didn't meet them where they were at and I expected certain things that should not, could not have been expected. And I think it's every day you sort of at the end of that day are like, man, today was rad or man, today was rough or yeah, that was pretty good. So you just, you never know. That's one of the things I love about teaching is every day is so different. And it's also just a wonderful opportunity to, to grow yourself within your work. Because again, as a human, I really feel so connected to my students and having the opportunity to help students build their skills, build their self-esteem, build their own sense of who they are as citizens, as humans in this world. It's, it's such a gift. I really, really am so appreciative of it. And so, yeah, that's a very long answer, Ruby, of saying a lot. Yes, I do. Awesome. Yeah, I appreciate it. Melina, what about you? Yeah, so I actually got some time to think about that. Thanks for going first, Ruby. <laughs> but I know you went to University of Michigan, which is like very big school, just like UCLA. So maybe looking back, I don't know if you remember your experience like with connecting with professors. I know especially getting letters of rec as you go older. Do you have any advice in a big school like this to really connecting with your teachers and then as a or as with your professors and then as a teacher now at a medium-ish sized high school, do you maybe ever think about giving advice to students there and not really or think about preparing them for like a bigger environment or even a smaller one like Lewis and Clark? So in terms of going to college and the way in which you make those connections, especially with professors, I think when you teach at a big school, and I, I'm only saying this as someone who went to a big school, who knows students who've gone to big schools, who know teachers, but who himself does not teach at a big school, I wanna know that right away. It's really important to create those relationships because I think that intimidation factor, and you've noted this in many of your comments, it's something that every student at, that, at your school is experiencing. And so I think when office hours are given or opportunities for the teachers give or professors give to have students come and talk to them, I don't think a lot of people go. And I think that that in itself makes the people and the times when people do go and the time they put aside to actually check in and ask questions and, and create those relationships, I think are so valuable. Um, and again, I'm from an even like a small scale, as a teacher in a high school, my life and my days are filled with students all the time, classes, very few breaks, don't have these like long office hours. But when students come in at lunch to even just hang out or ask me questions or come in at brunch and ask something about an assignment we did or 
are interested in something else and taking a lesson that we talked about further, those opportunities are one, incredibly valuable for me, but also I think that they allow for this extra angle for the student, not just to take away from the class, but also to, again, to create that relationship with a teacher. And it is much easier for me to write a letter of recommendation for a student who I know in ways that are not just as a student answering questions or writing essays than a student who I have some sense of their work, their life, their personality, their values outside of class. And so to your question, I think especially around letters of recommendation, around making those connections, so much of, of higher education and, and even secondary education in high school is really about those relationships. It's really about connecting with people. And the subject matter is important, but it's not the only thing. Like you could have taken all of these high school classes online to some extent, right? The beauty of being in a classroom with other people, with your peers, with your friends, with people you don't know, with people you're different from, with diverse experiences, that is the beauty of America. It is the beauty of the world. It is being able to have these conversations and create empathy and create relationships with people who you may never have had the opportunity to do that with. And at a big school or a small school, at UCLA, at Lewis and Clark, the University of Michigan, at any school, I think what makes that place special is the people who go there and the people who work there and the people who make up that community. Not for any other reason beyond that. And I think generally when students take advantage of those opportunities, they are better for it. And they seem to enjoy it more, right? So if you're just like kind of commuting or you're just going in to like get the knowledge, I really feel like you're missing out. College is incredible. It's so awesome. Like, I don't think, and I know that everyone's path is not college. And I think understandably and respectfully, but if you have the opportunity and the both of you can obviously attest to this, it's just such a valuable way to transition into being an adult and being your own person for good and for not for wonderful and for terrible and to create all of those opportunities and relationships is just such a beautiful way to think about the world so i don't know i got a little existential there but i really really feel like i am i don't know i'm really lucky to be able to to be part of that so did i answer that i don't know that was maybe not no, I think you totally did. And you honestly said some points that were super valuable. Thank you. Of course. Yeah. So I just want to say thank you both so much for your time. What a wonderful way to, to, to start a week. So thank you both so much. And please keep in touch. And thanks for coming on and taking some time out of your busy days. Yeah, this is so much fun. It was good to catch up and hear how everyone's doing. So yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, I hope what Ruby and I shared is somewhat helpful to those who are nervous or scared about college life or anything. 
Thanks so much to Melina and Ruby for joining me today on Hello Humanities. So grateful to have former students come in and talk about all the things they've experienced so far, life in college, soon life after college, and everything in between. From me and Alex, thank you so much for coming and listening to Hello Humanities. Have a great rest of your day. Peace.